artificial intelligence is widely discussed and implemented in the healthcare industry, and so it is in gastroenterology. The most popular AI application in gastroenterology so far has been the computer-aided detection of lower GI lesions. The Pentox Medical Discovery, launched in 2020, is such a system. March was Collectoral Cancer Awareness Month, underlining the importance of timely and effective cancer screening. And in that light, today, I would love to speak about the challenges in polyp detection and respective solutions to overcome them with my two guests. First of all, Professor Peter Siersma, head of the Endoscopy Center at the Radboud University Medical Center in Nijmegen, the Netherlands, and editor-in-chief of the journal Endoscopy. And secondly, Professor Ralf Kieslich, Medical Director of Helios Dr. Horst Smit Kliniken in Wiesbaden, Germany. Uh, both of them highly experienced gastroenterologists. Uh, thank you uh, today's listeners for tuning in to the third episode of Patient Safety in Endoscopy, the podcast. And a warm welcome to both of you, Professor Siersma and Professor Kieslich. Yeah, hello to everybody. Thank you for the introduction and it's really a pleasure being here today. Good. So uh, yeah, let's just uh, dive right in. And Professor Kieslich, I would like to start with a question for you today. And that is, do you still remember your, your first colonoscopy? I remember my first gastroscopy because that was the time in 1996 when fiber optic endoscopy was still there. And we did an investigation of a Barrett's patient with a fiber optic endoscope. And my first research study was indeed the comparison between video endoscopy, which was new at this time, compared to fiber optic endoscopy. And the outcome of the study was that imaging is important, the same as today, but we are discussing for sure much better imaging quality with a HD technique. Of course, this, this change from fiber optic to, uh, to video was, uh, was quite a change. And I remember we were quite skeptic uh, whether this would work, uh, looking at the screen instead of bending forward and, and looking through the scope. Mm -hmm. That was, of course, the, the biggest change uh, that, uh, that happened at that time. And, and the quality of the system was also, uh, the quality of the imaging also seemed better at that time as compared to fiber optic uh, systems because you always had these dark spiggles in your, in your view and that made uh, sometimes endoscopy more complicated. Really interesting to hear that. Uh, thanks uh, for sharing, uh, Professor Siersma. And I think it's, it's super valuable if we've now fast forward actually to today's situation, because luckily innovation hasn't stopped since and we still have new technologies coming up. And um, I don't have to tell you, obviously, that polyp detection is still of unwavering importance, since there is a risk uh, of developing collateral cancer when polyps are missed during a colonoscopy. So, Professor Kieslich, could you tell us a little bit more which challenges you are facing when it comes to detection of lesions and which technologies are helping you to overcome them today? Screening colonoscopy is so important that we really can save lives. And that's why we ask people to join the screening program. And colonoscopy is the gold standard. However, even a gold standard has some challenges. And there's one challenge which is really a fear of the endoscopist and the fear for the patient that a patient develops interval cancer, which means he develops cancer after a negative colonoscopy. So we look back in the past and we thought how to improve colonoscopy and there are clear quality markers. And the best quality marker is the adenoma detection rate. We know 
the better and the higher the detection of adenoma is, the lower is the risk for the patient to develop an interval cancer. So we have to make sure that our colonoscopy has highest quality standards. And that means almost perfect bowel cleansing. The time of withdrawal has to be perfect, at least six minutes, better seven to nine minutes. And we have to make sure that we see almost all parts of the mucosa. And there are some hidden spots behind the folds and there are some techniques like the GI balloon, which helps to look behind the folds. And the latest technology is um, artificial intelligence with the discovery system of Pentax, where you are guided to an area of interest and you are guided to a polyp. So the miss rate is going down. Sounds uh, interesting. Uh, thanks, Professor Kiesler. I know, Professor Searsma, you've used uh, the discovery as well. Could you share some of your experiences with it? Yes, I'm happy to do so because uh, uh, using the discovery during colonoscopy is really exciting. Uh, and it is exciting because it is so easy to use uh, and it's also very helpful in guiding your eyes to a lesion that could be of interest uh, and that needs to be removed because it's a, it's a polyp. And looking at uh, the initial findings that we have, uh, we were very surprised to see that we, we, we found a very high polyp detection rate in an initial study that we did with uh, two other centers, one from Germany and one from Italy. And that's exciting, of course, uh, as Professor Kiesler already explained, polyp detection rate is important uh, because the higher the polyp detection rate, uh, the lower the risk of interval cancer. And that's, of course, one of the reasons why we perform colonoscopy. The other exciting finding is that we also found a very high uh, serrated lesion detection rate. And we know that these serrated lesions that are mostly found in the right-sided colon are maybe one of the highest, they have the highest risk of uh, interval cancer because they are often missed during colonoscopy. And uh, as compared to other uh, systems that we, uh, that we know are currently available, um, the discovery had a very high serrated lesion detection rate, which I think uh, is important for clinical practice. Oh, that sounds uh, really promising. And um, Professor Kieslich, you just already mentioned the, the GI system, and we know we can only detect what comes in front of, of the lens, of course. So could you maybe explain to the listeners a, a bit more what GI actually does and why it's so interesting in combination with the discovery? Yeah, it's very interesting. And we are doing a study, a multi-center study, which has three arms. The first arm is standard colonoscopy. The second arm is using artificial intelligence, but as you mentioned, artificial intelligence can only detect and characterize what is visible in our endoscopic picture. And that's why GI is so interesting, the combination of GI and artificial intelligence. And GI means that you have a balloon at the distal end of your endoscope and you insufflate the balloon whenever needed. And this centers your optics. It also allows you to flatten the folds and you have a more stable image. And that will lead to an increase of the adenoma detection rate, but also guides the artificial intelligence to detect more. And in our interim analysis of our study, which is currently ongoing in Germany, we see that we have an increase in the adenoma detection rate, even alone with discovery. 
but the adenoma detection rate can increase even more if we combine the GI technique and the discovery technique. And moreover, we can reduce the false positive results because GI allows you to have a more stable image, which is also good for artificial intelligence because there's a higher confidence for the system to realize polyps. Well, those results sound remarkable and are naturally also very promising for patients. Um, but I would like to address another topic that is, of course, very important for clinical practice, namely the guidelines. Um, and that's something that I would like to ask you, Professor Siersema. Would it not make sense to suggest the use the, or to incorporate the use of computer-aided detection technologies within the current guidelines that you follow as a physician? Well, that's, that's absolutely uh, true. I, I fully agree with that. Um, so, so I expect that in the revisions of the current guidelines, uh, uh, AI detected uh, uh, systems will be incorporated in the guideline. And that's, that's for two reasons. First is it, it's very easy to use and to implement in, in your uh, endoscopy suite. But at the same time, uh, there's also overwhelming evidence now and I'm also very proud that also in the journal Endoscopy, we have published some of these studies that turn out to be very important uh, because they, they do show that uh, AI-guided detection is really uh, increasing detection rate of, uh, of adenomas, polyps, and also serrated lesions. Sounds good. Anything to add on in that regard, uh, Professor Kieslik? I think evidence is available, as Peter has clearly uh, mentioned, and we also have already meta-analysis available. And that's why I also expect that in the new guidelines, artificial intelligence will be mentioned. But for sure, there is a need for more randomized controlled trials to really know the real value of artificial intelligence. Makes sense. I think it would also be interesting today to zoom in a bit more on a country basis. I know, Professor Kieslich, you are working out of Germany. How is the use of AI in gastroenterology accepted so far in, in your country? We have a nationwide screening program in Germany, and uh, we also measure how good the adenoma detection rate is in Germany. And the adenoma detection rate ranges between 20 to 25%. And we know that this is in current days a little bit low. That's why I would expect that artificial intelligence will help to increase the adenoma detection rate and it will be embedded in daily routine when the guidelines will become available. And how is that for you, Professor Searsman in the Netherlands? Well, that's the, the same is true for the Netherlands. And uh, I also do think this is true on a more European level. Uh, so I expect that AI is likely to be implemented in the endoscopy. At the same time, I think it's also important to realize that a solid endoscopy training and endoscopic training is important for our fellows it, because it's not only detecting, but it's also maneuvering the scope in a way that you visualize as much as possible through the colon and able to visualize all parts of the colon that are sometimes hidden and only with a good and solid technique. Uh, it's possible to see as much as possible uh, of the colon. At the same time, I think that we also have to realize that uh, for, for countries that are, uh, well, maybe poorer than uh, other countries, 
that uh, uh, if these systems turn out to be uh, expensive, that could also be, of course, a barrier for implementing them, uh, these systems. So I hope companies that are bringing these systems on the market uh, also take into consideration that this is an uh, important uh, thing to consider uh, and, and they should not make it too expensive for people to implement. Right. Those are very interesting additions. And of course, it's great to hear about the added value of uh, AI. But indeed, I can also imagine that there are reservations or risks um, when you look at AI in colon cancer prevention, for example, such as lower attention of a physician, uh, as it is perceived that the AI is alerting as soon as a polyp occurs, uh, potentially overestimating the accuracy of a system. Uh, any thoughts on that, Professor Sirsima? What do you see as potential risks when using these systems? Of course, there's definitely a risk uh, that this is going to happen. And especially when, when physicians are, are turning to or are becoming a little bit more tired during the day, then of course, uh, it, it could happen that they more rely on the system than just spending enough attention also to the screen of the when they perform colonoscopy. At the same time, uh, I do think that when have people have had a solid uh, endoscopic training, uh, that the combination of this training and uh, AI will take care of that and that, uh, uh, that it only can be positive, of course, in detecting more lesions. Any additions from your side, Professor Kieslich? Yeah, too many false positive results could be annoying for the endoscopist. And I already mentioned that maybe with a GI balloon, which reduces the number of false positive results, that could be a solution. And also there was one study which was very interesting, investigating whether there's a distraction due to the many sounds or blinking of the system. But interestingly, that was not um, influencing the outcome of the examiner. In fact, it was even the contradiction because the system always alerts you. So your quality of your detection rate, meaning that this stays high over the whole day, because we all know if you work very long in the endoscopic suite, you also can be a little bit tired and so on. So the system is really helping to increase the quality of your colonoscopy. Good. Well, and then uh, finally, let's not forget about patients either. I'm, I'm curious to hear how do your patients perceive the use of AI uh, in cancer screening? Do they have any reservations or are they actually proactively asking for it? Dr. Siersema? Well, that's, uh, of course, an important question. And the thing is that they are not actively asking for it because it's not uh, overall uh, known that this is available. At the same time, when we tell them that we're going to perform this colonoscopy with AI and that this will likely uh, increase detection of lesions, they are very happy. And of course, when they come back for a second colonoscopy, they always ask, well, can we have this uh, colonoscopy again with uh, the AI system that you also used uh, in my previous colonoscopy? Sounds good. Kieslik, what, what are your experiences with uh, patients? We are currently doing the study with uh, Discovery and the patients are very positive because uh, they like the idea to have uh, a computer-aided algorithm helping in addition to find everything which, what might be in the colon. So they're, they're, they're quite keen and open for this technology and also reflects for the center that we are using very modern technology. Wonderful. 
So we're approaching uh, the end of our time. Um, so I have one uh, final question for the both of you. So Professor Kieslich, first of all, to you, what is personally for you the most awaited AI application in gastroenterology? I think we're just at the start of AI in gastrointestinal endoscopy, and we have now a good tool for detection. The next step would, for me, characterization, because the computer could tell me whether there's a need for endoscopic resection, yes or no. And it would also be very important, which is a very simple question, but a difficult question during colonoscopy, what is the exact size of the lesion? Because we know from the size that there's an increase, the greater the size, the higher the risk for malignancy. And the last thing I would like to wish for the future would be that we get a sense what is the percentage of mucosal surface we have seen during colonoscopy. I know there are some systems in upper endoscopy which are already doing something in that sense, so that would be ideal for colonoscopy as well. Right, well, hopefully there are some engineers listening today as well, and uh, they will take that wish into, into consideration in future developments. And uh, also curious to hear what uh, your uh, ideas are for the future, Professor Searsma. Well, of course, I fully agree with uh, Professor Kieslich. Uh, at the same time, uh, uh, I think characterization is very important because that also uh, will guide us uh, whether we need to remove a lesion or not. Um, and the other, other important item is size measurement. Uh, and that is, uh, uh, of course, important for reasons that Professor uh, Kieslich uh, mentioned. But at the same time, it's also important because size of the lesion could also determine the surveillance interval. And this is something that we need to keep in mind when we are giving a patient an advice on a subsequent colonoscopy. What I also would like is a, a system that are measuring automatically quality parameters for colonoscopy. For example, a cecum intubation, a bowel prep, but also withdrawal time. And this can be measured, I think, uh, with AI. And if this could then be summarized in, an, uh, in a nice objective report, that of course uh, would be very helpful for uh, our daily clinical practice. Thank you to both of you for sharing your insights today because we've come to the end of our conversation. And I think it's very important that we have these kind of conversation because they cast a much needed light on the technology needed to increase the early detection of polyps. And uh, they uh, allow us to learn more about the potential of uh, the AI technology, but also possible risk and the importance, for example, of training that you rightfully mentioned of the physicians and, of course, uh, uh, future applications uh, uh, that we could or hopefully will expect. Um, so thanks again. And uh, to all the listeners, if you would like to hear more or learn more about the role of artificial intelligence in gastroenterology, then please have a look at discovery.pentaxmedical.com. Thanks to you both, Professor Kieslich and Professor Sierzema. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.